0: Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is the place that you want to bet to get in on all of the college basketball and NBA action. Use the promo code SGP to receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's the promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. And Three Dog Thursday also brought to you in part by Books. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and Books Company has you covered with a variety of beautiful styled bouquets, sweet treats, plants, gifts, and succulents, blooms. It's all starting at $39. Boox.com slash SGP for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash SGP for 25% off Well, here we go with the first show of February. Welcome in to the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to underdogs. We have fun. Talking wagering, talking the spreads, but at the end of the day, we're all about the little guy. We're all about the one that's being taken lightly, that's not being looked at as strongly and yet still comes through to cover, if not outright, win the game. And now with the Super Bowl put to bed, hail to the Chiefs, Kansas City victorious over the San Francisco 49ers. We are anxious to put that to bed and talk lots of college basketball from here on out through March through the 2020 Final Four in Atlanta, and we are glad that you're with us. Yes, I am You're somewhat capable host, and I have got a litany. I've got a bevy. I've got a slew of guests to help me out here on the program on Three Dog Thursday. Again, as we have ended the NFL season, there will be lots of Super Bowl talk and then lots of college basketball conversation as well with our special guests. want to say thank you to the Sports Gambling Podcast and Sean Green and Ryan Kramer and their whole crew with the sports. Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows. We are now part of their family on their feed. If you go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com, you'll be seeing and hearing more about this program, about Three Dog Thursday. Maybe you found us there already. Maybe you found us for the first time through the SGP Podcast Network. Thank you for doing so. And Sean Green's going to lead off the show here in a few moments to talk Super Bowl and a little bit of college basketball uh, as well here on the program. So a shout out to those guys as we're now part of the SGP family here on Three Dog Thursday. So again, however you found the show, make sure you subscribe to this show because you can find it through iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you subscribe to podcasts, just look for Three Dog Thursday. The number three, Three Dog Thursday, is the podcast talking underdogs. I'm going to have great guests all through the college basketball season, the NCAA tournament, the Final Four coming up. So make sure you subscribe. So thanks again uh, to the uh, SGP guys, Sports Gambling Podcast, and Sean Green will be with me straight ahead. Now, speaking of the college hoops, Jerry Palm will be here from CBS Sports. I love talking to him for his insight on the bracket. Uh, Jerry, for so many years, had cracked the code on the college RPI formula, the ratings percentage index, that, that metric being used for strength of schedule. How powerful are you? how good is your schedule, how good is your opponent's schedule, how good are your wins based on the strength of schedule, etc., etc., So uh, Jerry Palm cracked that code, and now the NCAA has gone to another new formula the last couple of years called the net ranking. So Jerry analyzes the RPI, the net ranking, and makes his own educated judgments on the bracket, on the field of 68 for CBS and CBSSports.com. So he will be here on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Jerry will also be part of CBS TV's coverage on Saturday when the selection committee comes out with the the first reveal of the top 16 teams in the upcoming tournament Again, these are subject to change, but they're going to give you a peek at what they're thinking right now to date, a week into February, about the college basketball field of 68 for the men's NCAA Division I championship that'll take place. So Jerry will be analyzing all of that. He'll give us some ins and outs uh, right now of, of how that committee looks at different teams, what they're looking for, and then he'll give you some thoughts on just how wide open this college basketball season has been, who are the last couple of teams that he has out right now who are the last couple of teams that he has. in in the field of 68, Jerry Palm coming up here as part of Three Dog Thursday. Also with me coming up, Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com. His thoughts on the Super Bowl. Brian had a lot of different prop bets last week. We had a lot of fun joking with him about crossover sports, uh, whether it was the NBA or the PGA Tour and the different prop bets. So uh, he will talk Chiefs and their win over the 49ers and Patrick Mahomes' place in history. And then Brian has got some interesting underdog uh, insight and analysis in particular for Saturday. Depending on when you're hearing this show, Uh, You will get some insight on the Saturday underdogs as we head towards the weekend of college hoops. And this will typically be the case when we come your way on Three Dog Thursday all the way up until championship week and the tournament uh, where we've got to project who might be an underdog and what we're looking at. And Brian's got a couple of them that are very interesting in the ACC and in the Big Ten for Saturday. So some college basketball talk as well with Brian Edwards. And I also have a friend of mine that will be coming on the program. I have known Joe Lisi a friend of mine in the Tampa Bay area where I do this show for going on almost 20 years and one of the things he does that cracks me up is he still flies out to Vegas regularly Las Vegas Sin City in the desert to to personally make wagers at sports books while living all the way across the continent in Florida he enjoys it he's gone that regularly that much to go and make wagers and and not just any wagers Uh, A lot of different ones involving bowl games, the Super Bowl. He was in Vegas this past Saturday uh, prior to Super Bowl 54 in Miami. And Joe ended up hitting an eight-game winner-take-all parlay in college basketball. That'll be part of his story. So I'm going to bring my friend Joe Lisi on to talk about how this parlay came about and how he cashed in. Big time. It's a fun story, and it it just shows you there are some that are still old school that want to go out and make those bets in person. Forget about an app. Forget about an online computer service. They want to be out there in person. Joe is one of those. He was out in Vegas. He'll tell you that story as well as part of Three Dog Thursday. All right, so we got so much to get to here on the program. Let's get to the inside and the analysis on the Super Bowl. Lots of college hoops. Who's really good right now in college hoops? We gotta talk about that as we go along as well. It is the only digital radio show that's devoted exclusively to those underdogs. We are rolling here on Three Dog Thursday. Let's get cranking with our guests. Thrilled about this new relationship with Sports Gambling Podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is part of Three Dog Thursday. Oh, and looky here, he is back as we have turned our attention. Uh, away from the NFL, now heading towards college football. I got to find out if he's interested very much in the XFL either uh, or, or not. Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast. He and Ryan Kramer do a great job on that podcast. They've got a fleet of shows, of which we are now part of on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network as part of Three Dog Thursday. Happy, happy midweek post-Super Bowl as we look ahead to college basketball. How are you feeling off of that Chiefs' historic win and cover, oh, by the way, against the 49ers? How are things?
2: Oh, man, it was an awesome. Yeah, what are we taping this on a Wednesday and I still got the Super Bowl hangover. <laughs> cashed a
3: tremendous,
2: a tremendous amount of tickets. And, and it started off with the first touchdown. Gave out uh, Patrick Mahomes 20-1. to on our uh, podcast, that was my uh, my big prop bet that hit. Got jobbed a little by a couple, like uh, Patrick Mahomes over rushing yards. That yep. was a bad beat. All those uh, kneel downs at the end. But, yeah, had a uh, had a very profitable Super Bowl. I mean, when you hit a 20-1 prop bet, that'll really carry you from some of the other ones. But, uh, yeah, and even came pretty close um, with the score prediction. On, on the Sports Gambling Podcast, gave out Chiefs. Uh, 31 um, 49ers 21 so I apologize I was one point <laughs>
0: off on the 49ers well and that still I, uh, that uh, still was the under uh, although we do have to say it's easy to come on now and say you had them all the way but when it was 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter and Mahomes through the deflected interception off Tyreek Hill you like all of Kansas City and all Chief fans were probably looking going and everybody else that had the Chiefs going uh this is likely done here right
2: yeah, I mean it was it was so weird because I felt really confident um about the Chiefs winning this game and 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 the under as well. Uh but I was just I was like dumbfounded. I'm like, are they when he threw that last interception uh Mahomes, I'm like, are they going to lose the game? How is this happening? I know they're uh I know they can pull this out. They just need to get a couple plays. And uh yeah, I mean I was definitely pretty nervous down 10 uh, it's crazy that Mahomes came back uh, three times in the playoffs down ten points, five and zero, being down double digits this year, which is a huge record. Uh, you look at Kurt Warner; his entire Hall of Fame career, he was only four and twenty-two coming back from a uh, double-digit deficit, and 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 I'm a huge Kurt Warner fan. So, right. You know, maybe right. this is uh, maybe we're seeing the new John Elway, but he already got his Super Bowl out of the way, so. The future is bright for a young Patrick Mahomes. Oh,
0: man, it's, it's beyond bright. It's nuclear at this point. You wonder how much money he's going to get. Then again, an argument can be made. I've been on a couple of other shows talking about this, and we might as well bring it up right here. We don't know. I mean, we. I'm older than you. When Dan Marino had that unreal, oh, yeah. record-breaking 1984 year, and they ended up going to the Super Bowl and losing to the 49ers that year, you would have thought that Dan Marino and the Dolphins would have not only been back the next year, Sean, but they would have probably been back four or five times, and he's going to win two or three of them, just as, as great as he was. He, I, I, This is an obvious point that almost every NFL fan knows. He never got back to the big game. And when you start looking around, that for all the accolades of Hall of Fame careers like uh, Steve Young, Steve Young never got back to the big game after the six-touchdown 49er win uh in the super bowl in, in the 1994 season uh the ni- yeah the 1994 season that campaign he never got back there again so uh, y- you can't you can't chalk up uh right now that Mahomes will be there I, you would have to think he's there at least once more but i don't know that you can really chalk up could he be there multiple times even at at 24 years of age you don't know is my point what is your thought on that
2: yeah yeah i mean it's that- I mean, it is the Super Bowl, and I, I know it firsthand uh, from the Eagles' 2017 run. You forget that you can have a dominant team, you can have a great team, but to get to the Super Bowl, you still need a lot of things to to break right. I mean, look at the Chiefs last year, that D-4 offsides, or they would have been in the Super Bowl. Who knows how that changes things. It's, it's a collection of a lot of plays. I mean, heck, if uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't drive the Dolphins down and get that last touchdown – the Chiefs don't get the first round by. Who knows uh, how the playoffs shake out? So that's why the NFL is so exciting. That there's these uh, you know butterfly effect of Ryan Fitz magic and what everyone said was a meaningless <laughs> game uh, turns out to be a-, a-, a game that could shake up the AFC playoff standings and possibly had a huge impact on the Super Bowl. So uh, again, that's why the regular season so great. Every game really means something and. uh Yeah, as far as his long-term future, I think one big checkmark in the Patrick Mahomes camp is Andy Reid. I mean, he got the monkey off his back finally. He coached much more aggressive uh, than Shanahan, which had been a Reid problem at times. So uh, he's very experienced, and he's going to dominate the the regular season. Like an Andy Reid team, I I just don't see them not winning 10 games. And uh, if you're winning 10 games with Patrick Mahomes each year, you're probably in the mix. But you're right. uh, You still need a couple breaks, a couple plays to kind of go your way, a couple balls to bounce, a couple challenges, uh, you know, a Greg Kittle offensive pass interference. There, There just needs to be a couple things that go your way, even if you have a great team.
0: Very true. All right. And and for the 49ers, a tremendous season, a resurgent season. And now they get there and they don't want it. Hey, I'll hit you with this. We didn't really prepare for this, but I love I love these debates. So everybody wants to talk about, you know, greatest of all time quarterback or performance. And I'm not putting Mahomes. He doesn't deserve it right now in that category with the greats that have won multiple Super Bowls. But now that the 49ers have lost with Garoppolo at quarterback and they lost before with Colin Kaepernick, uh, obviously at at quarterback when they played against the Ravens it just makes you appreciate Joe Montana more uh, Joe cool back in the day in the 80s uh, with the 49ers four Super Bowls all victories and you go back and look at he never threw an interception in four Super Bowl wins Sean Green he was tremendous in all of the games Really, uh, only one of them was close. That was the win in Miami against the Bengals, where he drove them down the field to the final minute. And I thought Garoppolo might might have a chance to replicate that in the same stadium in the final two minutes, down twenty to seventeen. I'm thinking Garoppolo can lead or down. Uh, I'm sorry, twenty four to twenty. Maybe he's going to lead them down for a touchdown in the win. My point is, when when you look at the greats and you com- you compare them, Montana and the 49ers, uh, he made it look so easy, and they haven't had a championship now in in 25 years. It ain't easy, Sean Green.
2: No, yeah, you're right, and uh, you know the knock at at least sometimes on Joe Montana, where people would say, "Oh, well, they just had such a great team," and yeah, you know, yeah. But you really, and this last Super Bowl is a great example of it. Uh, it sounds cliche, but uh, hey, if Jimmy G, if he is a great, if he is an all time great, then maybe he hits. Uh, Manuel Sanders on that deep ball maybe he doesn't overthrow uh, Kittle there he he figures out a way to get points on that last drive and and some people said Patrick Mahomes may not have deserved to get the MVP but I I, I disagree because he, he he when they needed the points he got them the drive he got them the score and and that was what was great about Joe Montana Steve Young uh Elway there and you know, as much as it pains me to to compliment Tom Brady, it's <laughs> certainly not an accident uh, to win six Super Bowls. Belichick deserves a lot of credit, but uh, down 28-3, you really have to uh, grit your teeth and uh, and and figure out a way to to put together a win. It, it seems it helps to be across from uh, Kyle Shanahan, who now uh, is a part of two of the uh, biggest. Uh, you know, collapses in Super Bowl history, which was weird. this ten point come from behind was second to the twenty eight to three Super Bowl. <laughs> just, which right, I didn't realize.
0: Where he was offensive coordinator in Atlanta. Now I will say this in his defense, and I'm not related to the Shanahans. I don't work for the 49ers. Uh <laughs> they're they're up twenty to ten and it's third and fifteen, and that's Robert Sala's defense that gave up the bomb to Tyreek Hill. That doesn't have anything to do with Kyle Shanahan's defensive call. And then they get the ball back. You can talk about bad play calls or whatever. You got a punt. You give them the ball back. Uh, and, and then Richard Sherman, for all the yapping, gets beat deep by Sammy Watkins on a long pass that sets them up for another touchdown. That doesn't have anything to do in that instance, I don't think, with Kyle Shanahan. You got That's on the 49ers' defense and their players that had to step up uh, in that instance and didn't do it. So it was both. And it's uh, it's bitter. It's bitter for San Francisco because, again, in Northern California, and again, Sean is West Coast based in Los Angeles, in Northern California, uh, they are the team, as much as the Raiders wanted to act like they were the team, the 49ers were the team of the last 20, uh, 30, 35 years, something like that. And it looked like they were going to recapture glory there for about 57 minutes until Mahomes pulled it out. One more um uh, on all of this uh take take me inside because you guys went over all of your props and all of your bets how many different things did you have going how many different ways you and and ryan kramer how crazy did it get with all of your props and all of your bets that you had going on here on on super bowl 54
2: well yeah i had i think um we actually gave out a list we decided to do 54 prop bets uh, for super bowl 54 so we each we each gave out 27, and then I couldn't help myself. I even threw in a couple extra there late. One uh, I really liked that cash was Jimmy G to throw an interception before a touchdown. I got that at plus 170. That was a nice late add. But, yeah, it's so funny that how, you know, the game kind of um, the end there, there were a couple rough beats on some of the props because they had Jimmy G under 29-and-a-half pass attempts. So he, was, he had 29 attempts, and then there was that fourth down play. They ruled him – in the grass instead of, but he kind of got the pass off. They rolled him in the grass, which was great. Okay. It doesn't count as a pass attempt. I'm celebrating, but then the chiefs get the ball back. Damian Williams scores a touchdown. And I'm, I'm kind of happy because I have the Chiefs. but then I'm kind of sad because I know Jimmy D is going to get those pass attempts to go over. So uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what's fun about the super bowl is just, the avalanche of bets and uh hit more than i missed at least uh you know total dollar wise so yeah it was a great super bowl well
0: I, I love too on the rushing yards and the rushing attempts for mahomes because we were talking on this podcast on three dog thursday last week that kneel downs can be a factor and they were in the first two playoff games against the texans and against the titans and show enough as like we as as we say it in the south sean green show enough Show sure enough. He not only did a kneel down, but he backed <laughs> up like three steps and took the kneel down for uh, like a four or five yard loss. You're right. It was it was a killer if you had those props.
2: Yeah, I really. I mean, I got it at over twenty nine and a half, and he had forty four yards going in. Now, normally, if they kneel it down, it's just a one or two right, yard loss. Right, but he right, right. Trying to bleed extra clock, so his three kneel downs added up to minus fifteen yards. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tough to swallow hey, on that.
2: I mean, but it, it was—it's a tough loss. But as a true uh, degenerate gambler, I love the sweat.
0: <laughs> love that, and the Chiefs obviously celebrating midweek. Over a million people midweek at the parade on Wednesday afternoon in the cold in Kansas City. Uh, There's just something about sports that brings a community, an area together, and and Chiefs fans really for that state, for that region, that area, they have been suffering for 50 years, 5-0. Not unlike the the Cleveland area that didn't have any championships. Browns, Cavaliers, uh, Indians didn't have any championships for 50 years and got one. Uh, there's been a lot of long-suffering area, uh, uh, fan bases and and uh, uh, teams and areas, and lo and behold, Kansas City did get one. Uh, we, we were around to see it, and, and we'll see how good Mahomes is going to be coming up. All right, so we're turning the page on football, or are we? Because I know, I, I got a feeling, I haven't heard the show this week with you guys, with you and Ryan, <laughs> But you did you dabble in some XFL and the great unknown of these eight teams that are about to play in the reboot of Vince McMahon, the wrestling promoters, XFL Football League? It gets underway this weekend. There's a team here in Tampa, in Tampa Bay, where I am. There's a team with you uh, in LA, the LA Wildcats. Although, Sean Green, you're a comedian. I gotta get off my one liners. How in the world is Goldie Hahn not the coach of the LA Wildcats? What is going on <laughs> in Los Angeles? Okay, so are you XFLing? Are you, are you gonna do a little XFL oh, or what's you, the deal?
2: You know it. Yeah, we're going to be doing uh, XFL picks. Uh, We're going to be recording that. Uh, This is Three Dog Thursday. So we're recording that episode tonight. So uh, look for that on the Sports Game League podcast feed Friday a.m. We're bringing in Colby uh, to help uh, handicap the XFL. Yeah, we had a nice little run uh, with the AF while it was still a league. Right. Pounded the uh, unders. Because, uh, you know, much more all right, I'm still football, joking. I'm still early. joking.
0: What's the under over <laughs> on how many games McMahon's league plays? Because the AAF crapped out at eight games and didn't finish the season. Do we have the under over? It's supposed to be a 10 game schedule for all these teams. Are they going to play all 10 games this time in this spring league of the XFL?
2: Well, they actually—that's funny you say that because they actually do have a prop bet of will the will the league make it to the end of the season or will it fold?
0: What would you take? <laughs> would you take the under or are they going to play the whole year? What would you take?
2: Uh, I I think I'm taking the over just because yeah. you know the a the AEF actually got decent ratings right it just had some weird financing issue uh, with cash correct so I think I think Vince McMahon doesn't want to be embarrassed correct uh, so a whole, I. I figure he's got to let it go at least once. Hey, time. what
0: what I have heard, and feel free to use this as your show, as I, on your show, as I always like to joke. We all love to go grab everybody else's bits and information, so use this as your own tonight. Impress Kramer uh, when you're taping with him on the Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, reportedly, reportedly, the XFL is going to lose two hundred fifty million plus. This year, I don't know how you lose that much money on a startup spring football league where all the salaries are capped, but that's allegedly what he's going to lose. And the word is he's got half a bill, half a billion dollars in reserve so that he can lose another 250 next year and still be alive two years into this. That's incredible wow. that he's ready to lose that money. That's how much money he's made off of wrestling that he's able to lose that kind <laughs> of money on this football league. Let's see what happens. But feel free to uh to share that tonight. It looks like they're going to play a full season no matter what. Do they play beyond one season again? That's what happened back in 2001. Do they play beyond one year? When Tommy Maddox and the LA Express won the uh, the XFL first championship back in 2001, uh, I don't know, but at least for one year you would think they're going to play. And, and here's the great unknown when gambling on these teams with all the lines, and the, and the odds makers will tell you this, and all of us trying to analyze it, we, we haven't seen these teams play. Nobody has seen these teams play. Yeah. And so you have no idea, is Tampa Bay any good? Is Houston any good? Is New York? We don't know, Sean, is the point.
2: Yeah, and, and in general, if you have no idea, may as well lean the dog. Take the three points. Um, you know, I, I think you're crazy to take any sort of favorites. If you're looking for season-long stuff, go, you know, just dabble with some of the long shots because, uh, yeah, you know, like the Houston Roughnecks, 9-1, to that's, uh, you know, they got a couple players on there that are decent. And at 9-1 to in a 10-team league, it's like there's inherently value because, you're right, there's, none of these teams deserve to be favorites.
0: Yeah, how do you know? I mean, it's not like we got preseason games that all of us got to see or maybe were televised to know if anybody's any good. We're taking their word for it on scrimmages that they had in Houston, Texas over the course of about three or four weeks. They did a training camp with practices. They did scrimmages. The media, the public has no idea who looked good, who didn't look good. There are no stats. There are no highlights. There's no nothing. And now here we go uh, with eight teams in four games this weekend. And it could be a handicapper's nightmare for Vegas and these online books. On how some of these teams look, don't look, how good they are. All right, so that's the XFL. Our bread and butter is now going to be college basketball as we talk with Sean Green, Sports Gambling Podcast. Again, you're finding us on their feed. You can go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com, the sportsgamblingpodcast.com. You can go to Gambling Podcast on Twitter and also on Facebook, and we're on their feed on the Sports Gambling Network, Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows here with Three Dog Thursday. So I want to publicly again say thanks to Sean and to Ryan. And all those guys for having us on the feed for the promotion we're going to turn on this show big time to college basketball how amped are you and ryan and the whole gang for the college basketball season which will crank in february and then really be rolling in march
2: yeah and uh first couple days for march madness that thursday and friday the first two days of the tournament uh we'll be out in las vegas uh you know just going going wild watching watching all the games and uh getting our Kramer always, and we, the thing we've always done on the podcast is um, the first uh, 32 games bet all 32 first half-unders. <laughs> just, <laughs> just because, you know, it's, it's the tournament, kids are nervous, new gym, haven't played in a while, little tights, uh, you know, new sight lines, playing a different, it, it all I kind of, Um, lends itself to the under. So already looking to put in those uh, 32 first half unders.
0: Well, and uh, I still believe those two days, much like the Monday after the Super Bowl, those two days should be national holidays now, Thursday and Friday, because virtually, I I realize not everybody's a college basketball fan, but uh, almost everybody, I I won't say everybody, there are a ton of people that fill out brackets and inner pools that have no idea and haven't watched and don't know, and they're all (laughs) into it, so... We're going to be into it, building uh, towards there. I guess one of the storylines right now uh, that I keep sharing with everybody, do we really know who's good? We, we suspect that the, the, the usual suspects, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, they seem like they're rising to the top. I know Michigan State got beat Tuesday night at the time that we're taping Three Dog Thursday here, Sean Green, beaten at home by Penn State. They're perennially good out of the, uh, out of the Big Ten. They were a Final Four team a year ago, but they lost at home to Penn State. They've taken a couple of other losses as well in the Big Ten. And then out West, you've got Gonzaga and San Diego State both riding high on the West Coast, my friend. And a lot of America doesn't really know how good are those two teams here until we get to March and see them uh, much more often than what we're seeing them right now in the East and the Central time zones, especially.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Aztecs, especially, they're they're kind of an interesting uh, team there. I think they would kind of benefit from uh, losing uh, a regular season game or two to get them, I don't know. I think if they come in undefeated, that program, that's just too much pressure uh, to ride a perfect season into the tournament. I I think in a weird way they're almost better off getting a couple losses, getting all the hype to die down a little bit because they are a quality team. Uh, I just think if if your program's kind of that small, it's almost better to be under the radar. You don't want to come in. I mean you want to be a number 1 seed for the seeding but I I think they're better off almost as a 2 lose a couple games here in the next couple months be a little under the radar and then uh, and then really get yourself ready for a tournament run cuz I, I think taking the
0: I, I, yeah it's a great point that you make and I've made this point over and over again whenever we get deep into January early February and somebody's still unbeaten because once you take that loss, everybody stops asking you about can you finish undefeated. It's yeah. no longer a story for the media, for the fans, for the pressure, the scrutiny because you've lost a game and it's not the worst you don't want to go in and say let's lose tonight. But it's not the worst thing in the world to go lose a game. Now, the Kentucky program that went into that 2015 Final 4 undefeated, they were ready for it. They 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 had embraced it. Uh, Calipari was like, "Come on. He's got NBA-type talent. Uh, they loved being the rock stars with the target on their back. Uh, they got in the NCAA tournament, and remember, Notre Dame almost beat them in an overtime game yeah. in the regional final, and then Wisconsin did beat them. Um, it is that tough to get all the way through the NCAA tournament uh, without taking a loss. But that my point is that Kentucky team embraced it. I, I don't know that San Diego State wants this or needs this, the interesting thing is you look at the rest of their schedule. They're going to be heavily favored in every game. And like the, the toughest game they may be playing in the last game of the regular season is at Nevada. It is looking very likely they're going to finish whatever it is, 27 or 28 and 0 headed to the Mountain West tournament in Las Vegas. That, that is looking likely, if not definite. So we're going to be talking about this <laughs> for another month, Sean, with the Aztecs.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, uh, you're right. I mean, the Kentucky team they leaned into it, but I think they had Calipari. They had the kind of uh, the the type of players and mindset and, and talent that really, you know, would thrive on that situation. I'm just worried about you know the San Diego State team, you know, in a Sweet 16 matchup where they get down 10 points. Uh, I think they're better off getting the, getting that loss out of the way.
0: All right, we'll see what happens with that. And Gonzaga's always good. Remember, they were in the Final Four, but uh, what, what now? three years ago back um, in Arizona. Uh, Mark Few's done a phenomenal job, again, for most of the country. We're not up late at night. I'm up. Some are up. So the hardcore is paying attention. But most of the sports fans that aren't hardcore basketball fans, they don't know. They don't know right now how good San Diego State or Gonzaga is. And yet, those are two of the top teams. Uh, that are out there all right so you guys uh plug away you guys are going to be putting the super bowl to bed talking a little xfl talking a lot of college uh basketball too moving forward right
2: yep yep all that's uh coming to the sports gambling podcast and uh yeah and then good to have a three dog thursday here on the sports gambling podcast network
0: well and I love the fact that you guys have welcomed me in here on on your network again. Follow this man at Sean T Green if you're not already. He's a great follow, humorous guy. Love these guys. Follow them at Gambling Podcast. Uh, for the Sports Gambling Podcast on Twitter, Sports Gambling Podcast on Facebook, sportsgamblingpodcast.com is the website. Am I getting all this right? Sportsgamblingpodcast.com on the website. (laughs) That's got the link for all the podcasts. Uh, In addition to uh, Ryan and uh, Sean's podcast, Colby Dant does a great job with the college experience. That's their college basketball podcast. We're on there with Three Dog Thursday. But you've also got hosts that are talking uh, like Premier League soccer and MMA and different things things that are going on right with the with the podcast network as well
2: oh yeah and uh our new uh, nba odds uh pod uh that's going as well so yeah we got it all covered over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com
0: this guy does i love the insight the humor and the fun with sean green thank you again my friend uh enjoy the post super bowl the xfl I, I would love to get you on some more here as the college basketball keeps cranking up thank you sean all right take it easy dj And still to come on Three Dog Thursday, we'll hear from Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com plus Jerry Palm from CBSSports.com. He is their resident bracketologist, the bracketology on CBS and CBSSports.com, who's in, who's out for the NCAA tournament. That and a hilarious story from a friend of mine that went out to Vegas and while trying to bet on the Super Bowl just happened to hit an eight-game college basketball winner-take-all parlay. All of that is coming up on Three Dog Thursday. We remind you that we are brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. The Super Bowl may be done, but every game is a big game over at MyBookie.ag. They've got it all, from the NBA to college basketball, Premier League soccer, you name it. And they've got the fastest payouts, the best promotions, and helpful 24-7 customer service. You can pool your bets together for a bigger payout as well with MyBookie.ag. They've got more lines, better. Better odds per player than any sports book around. And right now, if you join up, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand dollars. That means you deposit two thousand, you get an extra grand in free money to play with with MyBookie.ag. All you got to do is use this promo code SGP. It activates the offer. Once again, they will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. You deposit $500, they'll put $250 in. You deposit $1,000, they'll put $500 in. Use the promo code SGP to get that extra cash when you sign up and you register at MyBookie. Bet, win, and get paid with MyBookie.
1: Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this
0: week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. It is his time. I always know we're getting close to March, and the bracket reveals whenever I get a chance to talk with Jerry Palm of CBS Sports.com and also CBS Sports HQ online. CBS TV, he will be on. Uh, the main network on CBS Sports this weekend uh, when the selection committee reveals the first 16 teams, the top four seeds uh, right now in each bracket, theoretically, uh, coming this weekend. He is Jerry Palm, who I have a long, long relationship with. Every time that I welcome you in a new season, I say the same thing. Thank you for taking my text message. Thank you for being willing to come on uh, and talk this stuff. I enjoy doing it with you.
1: Yeah, well, I enjoy doing it with you, too. I'm always happy to come on. Thanks uh, thanks for having me again, TJ.
0: Yeah, all right. So this is getting good now. Now we get to the final five, six weeks, really, of the season and championship week, etc., building to selection Sunday. Just as an overall, uh, this has been a crazy season with with a lot of upsets and there's a lot of uncertainty right now in early february i think about who's really good where do you stand on that do you think there are some teams that have separated themselves that are really good and if so who might several of them be
1: well i don't know i don't really know that there is a lot of separation uh, it, you know we had a completely chaotic november and december in particular and i think we've had a record number of teams uh hold the number one spot in the AP poll already this season, but the last few weeks have been pretty stable. My number one seeds haven't changed since Baylor beat Kansas. So that's what, two and a half weeks ago, I think now. Um, So I have, you know, Baylor, San Diego State, Gonzaga, Kansas is my four number one. They've been the same, but they're still not, you know, head and shoulders better than the teams that are chasing them. And I think we could be in for a wide open tournament but you're right i mean normally by now we've identified uh, oh two or three teams that we think are definitely going to be the favorite uh, i'm not so sure about that, that that'll even ever happen this year
0: right well and we think it starts to solidify and then we see an upset or two come along the way now the one caveat and i've asked others about this on previous podcasts even here on this three dog thursday podcast we've been bringing it up um gonzaga and san diego state have been really good all year long obviously san diego state's undefeated gonzaga's got one loss but one of the things i'm saying is i don't know that we know really how great they are or not or maybe you want to dispute that in particular about mark fuse gonzaga team but for san diego state the mountain west is not tremendous and if they're beating up on the mountain west for 16 18 20 games i don't know that we know how great they are what's your thought jerry Palm?
1: Well, they beat Creighton. That's a top 25 team, and they beat them on a neutral floor. They beat Iowa, a top 25 team, on a neutral floor, outside the league. So, it's not like they're completely untested. But no, they don't have great wins. They don't have the really high quality wins. They haven't beaten top 10 teams, you know, either one of them. has like beaten Oregon, who's a top 16 type of team. Uh, Arizona, who may eventually be one of those teams. Their only loss came to the healthy version of Michigan, uh, Michigan hasn't quite been the same since Livers went out uh, with a groin injury. Gosh, it's like oh, December 21st, I want to say. He's only played 20 minutes since, so um, it's hard to judge. You know that Michigan. You look at Michigan now and think, "Well, Gonzaga lost to those guys." Well, not really. <laughs> they lost to a better version of those guys. Um, but still, you know, those are two outstanding teams. Gonzaga and San Diego State are every bit. Good enough to win a national championship this
0: year. We will continue with Jerry Palm of CBS Sports.com and the bracketology talk in just a moment. Reminder the Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by Play Pick Six and the Play Pick Six Mobile app. Go to the Google Play Store, go to the Apple store, and download the app to find out what you know about picking those games in college basketball, but also the NBA and the NHL. A lot of these prediction games you can't cross over sports, but with Play Pick Six. You can. It's absolutely free, free, free to play at Play Pick 6. Go download the app. It'll take you less than two minutes to sign up. You've got a sports restaurant gift card awaiting you if you pick all six games correct in one day. Again, you can just keep it exclusively to college basketball if you want or the NBA or the NHL, but you can cross over sports in the same day. This is fantastic for Saturdays, by the way, when there's such a slew of games in college hoops, usually the NBA and the NHL playing a full slate as well. Again, go to the Apple Store, or the Google Play Store, find the Play Pick 6 app. And download that app. Take a couple of minutes to sign up. It's free to play. And again, if you're playing on a Saturday, for example, and you get knocked out earlier in the day with one of your six teams losing, you can go right back and pick six more as long as you've got games that are still available to be played in college hoops. Right now, the NBA, the NHL, play them on PlayPick6. Go to playpicksix.com to find out more on the website, playpicksix.com. But download the app in the Google Play Store, in the Apple Store, You sign up in a couple of minutes, you play the games, you pick the games, you show what you can know, and then you win a sports restaurant gift card for getting six correct. It is play, pick six. Interesting. Now that's a bold statement from Jerry Palm of CBS Sports, that a team like San Diego State could get it done. I think a lot more people would accept Gonzaga because they've just been a perennial NCAA tournament team that does damage. Got to a Final Four a few years ago. We'll see for, uh, for Mark Fuse's team. Uh, all right, so I mentioned um that one of the reasons we love having you on is when you start analyzing and breaking down the bracket for the audience here repeat this because you've said it before but there's new audience that hears you all the time on all different interviews take me through how you evaluate who's a four seed who's a six seed who's an eight because that fascinates me who's an eight or a nine how do you go through it for CBS cbssports.com
1: well i start at the top um you know, you, you start trying to identify the best teams you're looking at. A team's tournament resume, although you have to keep in mind it's a, it's a subjective process guided by objective data. That data used to be based on the RPI. Now, for the second season, it's based on the net, um, which is the NCAA evaluation tool. The biggest difference being that the net has an uncapped margin of victory component, and the RPI never had a margin of victory component at all. So um, it's a little bit different, but it's used the same. Uh, it does not make decisions. It, so if you're if you're arguing your case based on net rankings or Ken Palm or whatever, you got nothing, because though while those rankings are on the team sheet, nobody makes decisions based on team ranking. It's based on the quality of the teams you played. Uh, how did you do against those teams? Where did you play them? Um, you know who you beat, who beat you, and it's uh, highly detailed. Uh, thoroughly researched thing which is why it takes a committee of 10 you know five days to meet to do it uh, if they were just going by rankings you wouldn't need a committee so it's um but they uh, divide teams or they divide your games into four quadrants quadrant one being the toughest games quadrant four being the easiest and obviously how you perform against better competition is important and uh and that's really you know, what you do is you know, i'll compare you know two three four teams and uh pick out which one I think the committee would like the best because that's what I'm trying to do is predict what they would do uh my own biases aren't really helpful and uh um and and you know try and go through 1 through 68 to find them all got to make sure you get the automatic qualifiers in there and um and that's it's a long process.
0: Oh, there's no but, doubt. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, do, do you usually, and you've done this now for several years, have some fluctuation where a team right now in early February might be a four seed hypothetically, but they might lose two or three games and suddenly you've got them at an eight or a nine. Or likewise, if they were an eight or a nine, they could move up maybe as high as I don't know six or five. Do you do you see that on a, at least an occasional basis, or pretty much sure. by the time we get to around now, you're around where you're going to be? Depending, what what about it?
1: Yeah, I would say that the the swings are bigger than that. With five and a half weeks to go, the, you see teams that are not on the bracket end up in the top half of the bracket. You see teams that are in the top half of the bracket play their way out, and something like that happens pretty much every year uh, from this point on. Uh, there'll be a team that right now that we're not thinking about uh, that's going to make a run and, and find themselves in the middle of the bracket by the time it's all said and done. Right. Uh, identifying that team <laughs> could probably be a team like Providence, could be a team like Purdue. You're not really thinking about or Minnesota right now, but you know that are capable of making that kind of a run and just haven't been able to put it together yet. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, that kind of thing happens every year, and with this much time to go. You're not talking about three feed line kind of swings. You're talking about we don't even know who you are, and all of a sudden you're an eight.
0: <laughs> I like that. And the team that came to mind when you were saying that, as we talk with Jerry Palm of CBS Sports here on the Three Dog Thursday podcast, CBSSports.com's Bracketologist, he's got Bracketology hanging out there, uh, the UConn team of 2011 came to mind, where by all... Accounts and analysis, they were a, a marginal at large team at best with Kimball Walker. They won five games, you know, this very famously in five days, incredibly in the old loaded Big East, and then went ahead and won six more and won the whole thing, uh, cutting down yeah. the nets in Houston. That's a classic example of a team that probably wasn't, uh, it wasn't not only not a 12, an 11, or a 10, wasn't there, and yet they ended up being number one. That's the point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the extreme example of it. That Connecticut team ended up being a seven seed, and you're right; they were very squarely on the bubble entering their conference tournament. And had they lost that first game, they may not have made it. So, but they win five in a row, they end up a seven seed, and just keep the roll going and win a national championship. One of the most remarkable late season runs. Uh, perhaps
0: ever. Yeah, it's in, it's incredible how they put it together uh, that year. And it's rare that something like that happens, but teams have played well, let's say in the final week the final 10 days, gotten themselves in, and then bam, 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 do damage in the NCAA tournament as well. So always fun to watch and to keep up with. All right, so you mentioned the selection committee is going to do a reveal. and They've been doing this now for a few years where they give you an idea of what they are thinking. Just generally speaking, do you like that? I mean, it's good for conversation. I get it. That's why they're doing it. But do you is that is that a good thing? Do you like it? Is it fine? What about it, Jerry?
1: Yeah, I, actually, the primary reason they do it is for education. But, yeah, it's also good for conversation. Uh, they, it gives them a chance to kind of explain their process to the college basketball fans. You get it right from the horse's mouth, right from the committee chairman, and you get to see actual results of uh, the committee. Uh, they do this every year. They did this every year before they ever went on TV to reveal their top 16 as part of just their pre bracketing meeting process they would go through a mock-up pick 16 teams just you know so the new people on the committee would get you know get used to their computer systems and all of that Um, so in four years ago they decided to be the fourth show uh, to reveal their top 16 they put them in brackets so they can explain how bracketing works Um, and I think it's yeah I think it's been really helpful I, I, I wouldn't like it if they did it every week the way the football people do but the football people are only ranking twenty-five teams.
0: Right, um, they're really
1: only picking, you know, twelve for bowl games, uh, four for a playoff, and, and eight others for, you know, the other uh, New Year's six bowl games. Uh, this committee deals with sixty-eight teams. They could not possibly go through this process every week; it would be way too cumbersome. So, uh, but they do do it once uh, for their own edification, and now they're sharing that knowledge with college basketball fans. I think it's good
0: love that love this man sharing knowledge with college basketball fans he's Jerry palm CBSSports.com. love his uh love his insight for a few more minutes here on the three dog Thursday podcast again Bernard Muir is the uh, chair uh, the chairman of the selection committee from Stanford uh, who will be doing most of the talking he's the spokesperson about uh, how they come up with uh, with whatever all right I always love you doing this yeah go ahead
1: Uh, Actually, it was Bernard last year. The new chairman this year is Kevin White, the athletic director at Duke.
0: Thank you. I always love having you for the correction. So, yes, Kevin White in for Bernard Muir, who rotated off the committee. I'm a year behind. That's why i got to have Jerry Palm here to straighten me out. Uh, So, yes, it's always good uh, to to hear from the selection committee chair uh, one way or the other about what they were thinking. And a lot of people will oftentimes, Jerry, you know this, disagree with the thinking uh, whenever the selection committee chair is sitting there after it's all over with. But at least you get an expert. Explanation, some accountability as to why they thought uh, what they think. All right, so along those lines, I always love your insight on this. You've done the mock selection process. I will confess, I've never done the mock selection process, but I've interviewed enough people that have, have heard the committee talk about it enough, have read enough to know what they're looking at. But from your standpoint, having done it... Give the fans an idea, a misconception or two that they might have about this subjective process, Jerry. Okay, well, the first one
1: is, um, we already talked about one before, when you know, like your team ranking is, is decisive, when it's not. Uh, the, probably the biggest one is how you do in your conference. They could not possibly care less about how you do in your conference. It's not even on the team sheet they have no discussion about conference records or conference standings whatsoever. Uh, if you're judged on your entire season, start to finish conference games are no more important than any other games. Uh, really the only conference result that matters is if you win your conference tournament and you get an automatic bid that they care about. Otherwise they don't care. Um, and, and what you mean, if third. I can
0: interject, what you mean by that is a team may end up winning the regular season championship, let's say, of their conference tournament, but that's not appearing as part of the discussion to say, wow, right. they won the second toughest conference in the regular season. That's got to carry Correct. some weight. They, just, they don't do that. That's what you mean.
1: They don't, care. they don't care. And more to the point, if you look at conference standings, you might see, say, the fifth-place team in a league get seeded uh ahead of the third place team in the league because they're judged on their entire season, not the conference season. And conference schedules yeah. with a few exceptions are really unbalanced and don't really inform much anyway, conference results, which is why they don't care. Uh, they're judging you on your entire season. So um and then I guess the other thing that you know you hear about a lot is that you know star players, star coaches, the name on the back of the jersey matters or the name on the front of the jersey you know, matters more than actual results and schedule and stuff like that. And that's another pile of crap. Our Kentucky <laughs> would have never been uh, number one seed in the NIT a few years ago, uh, coming off a national championship the year before. So, no, it's uh, another thing that, that really, you know, fans care about. But that's just, you know, black helicopter talk. That doesn't really mean anything.
0: All right, uh, another moment or two here. So you've got your you've got your eyeballs on a lot of different games uh, every night here uh, right now. G- give me uh, right now, uh, for the fans to go find more about it, give me your last two or three teams that are in and who are the first two or three that are out because, again, it's radio. We don't have to list them all. Then go look it up. But give me <laughs> a couple of them that are right there and a couple of them that aren't.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a couple that are um, actually in action tonight. Uh, Memphis, uh, which in Florida, each of which started the year in the preseason polls in the top fifteen. Those two teams are among uh, the last four in in my current bracket. Uh, and then um, you know a couple of teams that are out: Virginia and Texas Tech. Mm. You may remember those
0: mm. two. I think I do. Uh, last
1: time you heard those names, they were playing for the national championship back in April. Two of they are now among my first four out. Although Texas Tech picked up a pretty good win this week and might be in the bracket when I change it Friday.
0: And I I find it hard to believe that uh, Virginia in particular won't be in when it's all said and done. But again, for what Jerry's doing, he's talking about right now, today. If you were having to scope the 68 teams, he would not have them in. And you know I bleed Memphis Tiger blue, Uh, But they uh, eyeball test again, forget about the metrics, especially without Jeffries. Uh, They've already lost Wiseman, who's not going to play for them the rest of the season, who who had been suspended. Now, DJ Jeffries hurt. They don't look like a tournament team. Now, their resume may improve a little bit with some wins, and that may help them. But right now, and I'm saying this about my alma mater, they don't look like a tournament team. We will, uh, they are trending the
1: wrong way for sure. I mean, they had a week where they lost to Tulsa by 40, which I didn't. Yeah, remind,
0: yes. Uh, well, then, well uh, how about SMU Did won, we ever? A
1: big at yeah, that, they that's, did. Uh,
0: they did. And yep. I don't mean to, I don't mean to interrupt, but I don't th- I think it's unprecedented because when last they were looking, it had been since 1980. And I don't think it's ever happened that an unranked team beat a ranked team by 40 points as Tulsa did to Memphis. And you don't you don't base it on one game, but that that game is an eyesore on a Memphis resume. We'll see for the Tigers uh, coming in. Uh, So, again, this will fluctuate. Check out Jerry Palm. We see you on CBS Sports HQ and the fans need to find that. The CBS Sports HQ uh, is on the app. It's also on the website. There's video. You're on there several times a week right now, starting right now. Right. Blogging, talking about the bracket, all that.
1: Yep. uh it was on last night it'll be on uh tomorrow night uh saturday at some point uh, if they can work it out around the t v schedule um so yeah it's uh i'm on uh, at least a few times a week uh this time of year and it'll it'll only get more
0: love jerry palm who again does a fantastic job he cracked the code on the rpi way back when in the late 90s and i started interviewing him on local radio in florida because he had figured it out we have bonded since then he still takes my call now he is a big shot with cbssports.com and their bracketology go find him at cbssports.com see him on cbs sports hq and then you're on on saturday correct i have that right saturday is the reveal or is it sunday
1: No, it's Saturday. Uh, I believe 1230 Eastern uh, is the bracket reveal of the committee. uh, And uh, Seth Davis, Clark Kellogg, and I will do analysis. Interesting. Uh, hey, we'll from- wow.
0: And again, it's important. It's not all 68 at the moment. It's only the top 16, because you're right. They would drive themselves crazy. The you are giving you 16,
1: but, but I'm giving you 68. We'll ah,
0: have a full we'll like that. Right. He'll add on. He'll add on to that. Again, Jerry Palm does a great job, and, and I always love uh, his insight. Read him on CBSSports.com. You can follow him uh, as well on social media. Uh, what, J.P. Palm, Correct for uh yeah, jp palm cbs on twitter jp palm cbs on twitter he's a great follow especially when he starts fighting with the twitter fans and the twitter trolls about uh, all this stuff it's highly entertaining i love talking with you i'm if you'll let me bother you i may bother you once more in, in around selection sunday but for sure we'll see you down the road around the tournament in the final four jerry palm thank you for hanging out here right, on three dog thursday my friend
1: yep take care uh, glad to be on
0: Coming up straight ahead, Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, talking not only Super Bowl but some college basketball and even a little UFC in a little bit. Hey, have you ever thought of starting your own sports book but you don't know how? Well, Ace Per Head is here to help you do just that. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. Plus, there's top-notch customer support 24-7 in some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks for free if you go to aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. And Three Dog Thursday is brought to you in part by books.com. Okay, guys, Valentine's Day is coming up. And just because that significant other, the girlfriend, the wife, hopefully not the wife and the girlfriend, whoever it is, mom, your sister, your aunt, they want something special for Valentine's Day. It's not just for lovers. It's about sharing love with everyone. So show how to be gentle around Valentine's Day. Let mom know how much you love her or make that first move on somebody you've been crushing on. Not everybody wants roses, so you've got a variety at books.com from The Books Company. They are are going to take care of you. They're going to hook you up, guys. And they've got a great Valentine's deal going on right now. Books is spelled B-O-U-Q-S dot com. And right now, you can get anything from treats to plants to gifts to blooms, uh, beautifully styled bouquets, whatever you want at books.com. And a special offer going on right now when you use our code SGP. Go to books.com slash SGP for that promo code so again uh, take advantage of b-o-u-q-s.com books.com again for valentine's day that's the name to remember books.com slash sgp for this special offer without further delay i always love getting to talk to this man either off the air on the phone or in person about what he's up to I met Joe Lisi probably close to 20 years ago, right at 19, 20 years ago, and he literally... This says something about him, and it says something about me. He literally bid at an auction to come watch me do a radio show. I, I I, take that as a compliment, but at the same time, Joe Lisi, I've always taken it as how little of a life did you have that you wanted to come watch me do a radio But then again, it's very complimentary. So we met uh, back at that time in the early 2000s in Tampa, in Tampa Bay. I've gotten to know Joe, and the one thing that I love about him, is when he goes and makes wagers, and they are crazy multi-direction wagers, and I have to stop him and go, wait a minute, explain this to me, what did you do again, how much did you win, and so welcome to the program, how are you, uh, post-Super Bowl, and I know we're going to talk some college basketball parlays, are you rolling in the green right now at the time that we're talking, after the Super Bowl and after this past weekend?
4: And it was a great weekend. Uh, I was very thankful that the difference in the points between two teams never got above 14 and a half. That was what I was most thankful <laughs>
0: I am most thankful for our for our friendship and our fun and me living vicariously through all these wild bets that you make. Now I should give you some background that Joe is a former he is he's a former nuclear engineer as in a real life rocket scientist. So not not to be messed with on analytics and on numbers and those kind of things. So I knew that about you very early on and I love you with the insight and the numbers and all of this stuff. So here, here's another interesting thing. The world of gambling has evolved to the point where you no longer have to be at a window in Las Vegas. Yet, my man Joe Lisi loves to get on an airplane and fly out to Vegas, and that's going to kind of lead us into the story. So tell me why you still love doing that when you could sit at home on a phone or on a computer and make your wagers, Mighty One.
4: Well, because annually I go out right before Christmas and bet the college bowl games and I had enough winning tickets that I had to go back to Vegas to cash them. So that was my reasoning for flying out the day before the Super Bowl for 12 hours to cash those and bet the game and then come right back.
0: Yeah, so but but you do understand you could use an app, you could use a computer the same way as going out to... You just enjoy going out to Vegas and being out there. I know that's part of the lure still, and a lot of our, our listeners, a lot of fans, they, they love to go out to Vegas in and around the Super Bowl or March Madness or those games. You just love that, right?
4: Yeah, it, the novelty has not worn off for me, and I've been doing it for probably 40 years, so <laughs> I still like being there in person, doing it in person. They know me out there very well. A lot of them do anyway. It just makes it... Very uh, uh, accommodating.
0: What I love about this man, too, is I have had a couple of occasions to be out in Vegas, and one time was the week that you were out there making the Super Bowl bets. I want to say this was the 2006 NFL season in December. You were out there betting bowl games, not the Super Bowl And we came out from Tampa, you remember this, uh, as part of the University of South Florida's basketball radio broadcast. We came out for a basketball tournament where we were playing UNLV, the home school at UNLV in a four-team tournament. And my man, Joe Lisi, like, met us for breakfast. You had flown out there. You came and picked us up, met us for breakfast. You were like the tour guide of the Vegas Strip that time. I remember that, and I remember it being freezing cold with massively big snowflakes coming down in the desert. There's nothing like having the red carpet rolled out by Joe Lisi in Vegas is my point to the audience, Joe.
4: Well, everything just worked out perfectly. It was like the planets aligned and things came together for us. The weather we couldn't do anything about, but that did not stop us from
0: having a good time. <laughs> yeah, we certainly did. So I love being around this man. When you go uh to make these different wagers, these different parlays. So when I first met you, and this is this is how we bring it back to the Three Dog Thursday podcast, you had done a mega teaser. Uh, for NFL and college games and it was the 2001 season I believe because the end result was the Miami Hurricanes were in the final game in the Rose Bowl with Nebraska. Take me back to what you remember about what you did and what you were betting because you came very close to hitting uh, like an all-timer but go go ahead that's how we met and began to discuss this stuff.
4: Game mega teaser we have to get every game right. Now mega teaser you're moving to spread by eight or nine points. I hit the first 14 games, and then <laughs> had to sweat out Miami and Nebraska.
0: <laughs> and that was a combination, right, of bowl games, and that weekend you would bet several like NFL games in person the weekend you were out there, and now you're sitting back like an expectant father waiting for the baby, right, on the 13th, the 14th, right. and the 15th game.
4: One and a half weeks from pro games around Christmas right through all the bowl games, and it culminated with Miami and Nebraska for all the Marvel
0: yeah, and in that instance, uh Miami Miami I guess had the big lead in that game and Nebraska came back like in the fourth quarter to cost you. I know I'm bringing up a bad memory here, I think. You you came you came within like one garbage touchdown score by Nebraska of hitting 15 out of 15, right? That year. Right.
4: And that was on the heels of I don't remember which year it was. The one year I hit the first 14 and had the Florida-Nebraska game when Nebraska just blew them right off the field. And I didn't have to sweat that one out at all.
0: But you have since then, you have hit this mega teaser a couple of times, have you not? You've you've hit the 15 teams, Joe Lisi?
4: Over the past 20 years, T.J., I believe I've hit the mega teaser 15 games three times on three different occasions.
0: <laughs> and give us an idea. What do you put on that for fifteen teams moving the line like that? And what do you win I'm for putting, one of those?
4: I'm putting up a two hundred dollar bet and I'm getting fifteen grand back. <laughs>
0: All right, for Three Dog Thursday listeners, you need to pay attention to what this man uh, is doing. I mean, you're going to suddenly have friends that you never knew you had if we keep publicizing you, if they keep looking for you. You should know Joe is not really on the grid. You can't find his number. He's not on social media. So I'm fortunate enough to be friends with him. All right, so this is how the interview today that we're talking right now came about for Three Dog Thursday purposes. You called me and started talking to me about going out to Vegas, and I said, hey, I've got the podcast, we're previewing the Super Bowl, so you flew out to Vegas for last weekend, and first things first, you ignored all advice from Three Dog Thursday, right? I'm being facetious here. You listened to the podcast, and then you paid no attention to what we were talking about with the Super Bowl, right?
4: Truth be told, I made notes while I listened to the podcast, and one of those games when I was out in Vegas last Saturday.
0: All right, so you were you were looking it over. What did you end up... What did you end up doing with the Super Bowl? It was margin of victory. Did you end up having anything else? What did you end up having for Chiefs and uh, 49ers?
4: Yes, at at the Westgate, there were two main bets I made. One was that the margin of difference at any time during the game would stay under 14.5, and that happened. The other one was, would there be a lead change for plus 240, meaning you bet 100, you get 340 back. That was the other big bet I made. There would be a lead change in the fourth quarter.
0: All right. And so there obviously was when the Chiefs uh, made the big comeback there with Mahomes and won the game. So it's interesting on those two bets. So anyway, Joe started telling me this story and then you started telling me about a parlay. And again, we don't we don't talk specifically about a lot of these things, but parlays can be multiple teams, three teams, five teams, whatever. You start talking to me about a college basketball parlay that you did. And I said, wait. Wait, stop, Joe Lisi. you got to tell me this on the podcast with the story that you're telling me. All right, so take me through what you did. You flew into Vegas. You made your Super Bowl bets. And what else were you betting for college basketball? Go ahead.
4: I was, I was betting college basketball. Now I was only to be there for 12 hours in that day, flying right back that night on a red eye to Florida. So I had to look at college basketball and want a few dollars with my winnings. So, I had to concentrate on mainly games that hadn't started, meaning East Coast games that were starting, say eight o'clock or later, which was going to limit me to a lot of teams on the west coast. So I found eight games I liked betting a money line parlay, meaning no point spreads involved. just pick the winner. and I found eight games to my liking to bet an eight game two hundred dollars money line parlay. All
0: right, so this again didn't have anything to do with covering just when the game so things began to progress and you hit a couple of these right so take me through the story of of going uh, to the airport et cetera, et cetera. what about it
4: so i'm um, at the airport i'm at mccarran at vegas and i had seen the florida beat vanderbilt and there were a couple other relatively not so late late games that uh, montana uh, northern colorado that i was hitting the game six was right, and then I had to watch BYU and Saint Marys while I was in the airport with BYU down, I think by three with a minute to go.
0: And and BYU ends up coming from behind what they scored the last five points of the game there in Provo to beat a good Saint Marys team. And at that point that made you seven for seven, correct?
4: Right. That's seven for seven. And now we got a Sawaii was gonna tip off And that tip-off would occur after my plane left. So I was going to fly across the country in the darkness, literally not knowing how University of Hawaii basketball is going.
0: And as it turns out, Hawaii is losing to Cal State Northridge, unbeknownst to you, Joe Lisi. And you're flying, you don't know this result. Did you not have internet on the plane? Did you not have a a way to see the crawl or anything on the the cross-country middle-of-the-night flight? You had no idea what what might or might not happen with your eighth game.
4: I was completely in the dark. I had no idea what was going on. Didn't find out until 4.30 in the morning, Sunday morning.
0: And so at 4.30, landing in Tampa, Hawaii 80, Cal State Northridge 75, which makes Joe Lisi an eight-game parlay winner. Enlighten me again. This is not your biggest bet that you've ever won. But what did you end up winning?
4: No, a $200 eight-game parlay. For those eight games, $200 bet all of a sudden became $1,700. <laughs>
0: This is why he is my man. I love talking with Joe Lisi, and he's accommodating me. He's driving as we speak. So you're you got uh, you you hit these eight wins: uh, Florida Gators, Cal State Irvine Anteaters, Montana Grizzlies. Let's see if I get all the nicknames right. BYU Cougars, San Diego State Aztecs, uh, Northern Colorado may stick me. I think that's the Panthers. I'm not sure. Pacific is definitely the Tigers, and Hawaii is the Rainbow Warriors. You hit all eight of these, so now you have a winning ticket, and you have a reason to go back to Vegas. Correct?
1: In two weeks,
4: I'm heading back for uh, yeah, Saturday the 22nd to uh, parlay my hopefully.
0: <laughs> so Head back to the window. There's nothing. Is there anything like that feeling to go back to the window with a winning ticket or two or seven, like you do at these It'll different sports books? you will be good. I'll be good. I'll be just fine. I love it. All right, so. Uh, one more fun one here, because, again, uh, it, it, will you do this again? Will you look at another eight-teamer when you're out there? How often do you do these multi-team ones, or was this just a case where, hey, you were a little bored, put the eight together, and it, it all was, came together?
4: Well, I had been betting three-team partners. So I thought, okay, why don't get out of town? Why not see how many games I like late? And I just happened to arrive at eight with no rhyme or reason. <laughs> bet them only because I was playing with house money.
0: I love it. He's always playing with house money. Again, Joe Lisi. Uh, I'm proud to say a friend of mine. There will be others that will hear this. I'm sure down the road. Again, I keep I keep him kind of closeted here and shielded. His his advice is not for sale. Uh, but I, I love hearing these different stories. A documented eight eight game parlay ticket from uh, from Joe for last weekend, and it was at the Westgate. Is that correct? Where you ended up making That's the wager? It.
4: I actually made the bet at Mirage after I got done making the prop bets at
0: Westgate. All right, so you like the sports book at the Mirage better for the for the money line odds. I love that. Listen, I enjoy these stories. I enjoy getting together with you. Congratulations on the uh on the predictions uh and i, I guess i got to come to you for some help and some advice on who's going to win games outright after you hit eight for eight on a saturday night in college basketball joe lisi it was a treat to interview you on the three dog thursday podcast congrats have fun cashing the tickets
4: thanks dj it's dumb luck trust me
0: He is back. We're ready to talk all things Super Bowl, some college hoops. And he's even saying to me off the air, UFC, UFC, I got an underdog. Uh, I love talking with Brian Edwards, BrianEdwardsSports.com and MajorWager.com, as well as occasionally contributing on Vegas Insider. A lot of different places, but focus in on MajorWager.com for everything that's going down always good to be with you as we've been talking during this podcast the Chiefs have gotten it done give me a little postscript give me a little thought or two on the game and did you cash a couple of tickets my friend welcome
3: yes yeah, thanks for having me uh TJ I was a loser overall because the over was my my big pick but I did have some Kansas City and I did have the prop for uh Tyree kill over 33 and yards which I didn't get to whatever midway through the fourth but uh I got that, but no, it was overall a little bit of a disappointment. But um, I didn't get killed or anything, you know. The Chiefs, uh, <laughs> I had I had them for some.
0: So. Uh, we talked on the show last week about how Patrick Mahomes' kneel downs could affect things. It obviously affected his rushing total. It affected his number of carries. We even had the fun prop where Justin Thomas, the PGA Tour golfer, had a great Sunday at the Waste Management Open in Phoenix, where he made seven birdies. But with those kneel downs, Mahomes went by him on, on that cross sport prop bet. So you just, you gotta watch till the very end. Uh, and kudos obviously to the Chiefs. They've had the parade at the time that we're talking with over a million, they believe over a million people in and around downtown Kansas City that came out and Mahomes deserves all of the credit and the accolades, right? No no
3: question about it, man. Uh, he is so legit, and that was why I, I liked the Chiefs. I just gave them the quarterback advantage, and we saw Garoppolo make make some mistakes that were, uh, were critical, and Mahomes is the man, and they had to do it in comeback fashion, but they got it done.
0: Yes, they did. All right, so the NFL season is put to bed. All right, quick one for you, because I'm asking others about this. Uh, are you interested slightly, a little bit, some in the XFL and the debut of it? Because there are lines out. And part of my take is we don't know. We haven't seen preseason games. I mean, this is just complete conjecture on these lines, at least for the first week, right? Yeah, I mean, I
3: want to be involved. I just, I'm not there yet. I, I mean, I, I glanced. Uh, it was something I think it was on Saturday down south. I glanced at some SEC players on some rosters and I saw some familiar names and some familiar quarterbacks, but until I see some games and I don't know that I'm gonna watch the games this you know, this Saturday I'm gonna be involved with hoops. So I wanna be, but I'm nowhere near there yet.
0: And we and we did this a year ago with this time with the Alliance of American football debuting and and it crapped out again after eight games they ran out of money. Uh, it's not going to likely happen with Vince McMahon's situation, but we'll see how much it hangs around. So we might talk a little XFL at some point on Three Dog Thursday, uh, for the short-term investment purposes. Let's move on to the college hoops that we are interested in. So we begin to, we've we begun to sort some things out. Same themed question to you. Do we really know at this point who's good? Do we really know who's great? Uh, can't we make the argument that maybe 10 teams or more could win the whole thing right now? Or what do you say, Brian? Oh,
3: absolutely. I, I think there's more than 10 teams for sure that can win the whole thing. I mean, I've, I've heard some arguments that maybe Baylor is is this, you know, but I, eh, I don't know. I want to see them. Uh, I want to see them. They haven't played Kansas yet, I, I don't believe. They
0: beat Kansas. They did beat Kansas at oh. Kansas, and there's a rematch coming. So that's part of their number one I, ranking. Yes.
3: But my mistake there. So, look, I was looking at the future odds and I, I saw some valuable some, some teams that I liked. And remember, on a future bet to win the tournament, you know, as long as they get to like the Elite Eight or, or maybe even the Sweet 16, you can hedge it to make sure you get a profit. LSU and Iowa are both 60 to 1, both playing really well. Luca Garza is a dominant force inside. Iowa's got a lot of three-point shooters. Now what scares me is that they're really, really good at home and not so much on the road. So we'll see what they do uh their next couple of road games. But LSU at sixty to one and Iowa at sixty-one looked attractive to me and so do Dayton and Maryland at thirty to one A piece. So there's some, especially Dayton. To me, that's my
0: pick to win it all. I know. I I was going to say you already declared on the Three Dog Thursday podcast that you are all in on Anthony Grant's Dayton Flyers. Uh, They will be playing St. Louis on the weekend. As we're talking here on Three Dog Thursday, they're hosting St. Louis and still undefeated in the A10 right now. Midweek as we're talking. Uh, we'll see if Dayton can continue uh, to put it uh, to put it together or not. All right. So, do you have now? Th- this is a man, Brian Edwards, who hopped on with me last week and gave you a Pac-12 underdog winner. You said Cal. If I'm getting at least double figures. Cal against Oregon take the Cal Bears last Thursday night in the Pac-12. That's exactly what happened. Cal ends up not winning, but they got the cover. So pay attention when this man is talking about some of these lines and spreads. All right, so are you looking over Thursday? Are you looking over Saturday? Uh, What do you have, Brian, for a couple of college basketball leans or underdogs?
3: Uh, I'm looking at Virginia at Louisville on Saturday. Saturday. Now, as we're talking on Wednesday, you know, Virginia plays tonight and we don't know that result yet, but I would imagine Virginia's going to be at least a a 7-point dog and and you know, if they're in uh anywhere from, you know, Eight or more or i'd say about seven and a half, so even if you buy the hook to eight I, I would be interested they 've only been dogs three times this year, two and one against the spread they've won three of their last four the only loss was by two at NC i 'm sorry to NC state and then the previous loss before that they lost by four at fSU they 've only lost by more than eight twice this year so Virginia I know uh, uh, well, Joey Brackett's re-SBN had him uh, had them in their uh, his first four out going into tonight, so you know it's do or die time for them. If they're catching you know a seven and a half, eight or more uh, at Louisville, I would like the Cavs there.
0: Well, and we talked before about how good Louisville has been as a home favorite as well what the, the job that Chris Mack has done. So that'll be an intriguing game uh coming on Saturday. Another one maybe that is standing out to you as a possible doggy here for 3 Dog Thursday purposes?
3: Well, Minnesota is at Penn State on Saturday and Penn State got an enormous win uh, on Tuesday night, as they went outright at Breslin Center over Tom Izzo's Spartans, and so I think that sets up a little bit of a letdown mode for Penn State. Now, uh, ever since I suggested Minnesota at Ohio State a couple weeks ago, and they won, they've lost a, a couple of games back to back in lopsided fashion. Now we'll see what they do Wednesday against Wisconsin, but obviously we don't know that yet. But I would say if they're catching, you know, six or more at Penn State, I would be interested. Um, But I don't know that they will be catching that many, but if they are, maybe the Gophers on Saturday.
0: Penn State has several home wins and covers in Big Ten uh, play and even a big out-of-conference victory as well at home where they won and covered on the line. What a job Pat Chambers has done, not just a football school right now with James Franklin with, uh, with the wins that they have. They beat Maryland earlier in the year at home back in December, beat Alabama. At home, um, beat Indiana decisively at home. Now they get Minnesota on Saturday. Keep an eye on that one. Uh, The big one that most everybody will be pointing to Saturday for Three Dog Thursday purposes, North Carolina at Duke, the renewal of that hated rivalry. Uh, I've had the privilege of being there a couple of times at Cameron for this game. It It is just unreal, the intensity of this game. And Duke playing at Chapel Hill after Carolina going through a miserable season dropped another one to Florida State the other night. But Brian Edwards, you were saying to me, not so fast on just giving up on Carolina for Three Dog Thursday purposes.
3: Well, you know, they got Cole Anthony back. Now they've lost both games, but they did, I did have them Monday night, uh, as nine point dog at FSU and they lost by six, but they were, it was, I mean, they were in that game the whole time. I don't know that FSU got, ever got ahead of the number. I don't think they did. Now, so you said it's in Chapel Hill. If they're catching double digits in Chapel Hill, now Brandon Robinson, uh, he's their second or third leading scorer, he missed the game against FSU. If he's back and they're catching double digits at home, I, I could be interested in North Carolina there. You know, rivalry game, never know. Throw up the records, all, all that lingo.
0: Well, we'll see what happens uh, with some of those. Uh, Some of those different matchups. The one that I'm also taking a look at in the West Coast Conference, Gonzaga-St. Mary's will be later on Saturday night. Uh, for that matchup. And Gonzaga had trouble with San Francisco on the road last week. Mark Few's team, clearly one of the best teams in college basketball. This is the first of the two meetings. They're playing at St. Mary's uh, in Northern California on Saturday night. They play the final game of the regular season at Gonzaga three weeks later on Leap Day on February 29th. And St. Mary's always seems to play them tough. I would suspect Gonzaga probably going to be like a two or three point favorite, wouldn't we guess, at St. Mary's? St. Mary's probably a home dog of at least two or three in that game. I'm just saying, keep an eye on it, Brian, if that's the case.
3: Well, let's also keep an eye on Killian Tilly, one of their best uh, players who uh, is out with an injury. And uh, it was reported he was out, I think, I want to say last Thursday or Friday. And I think the prognosis was like a week or two, so I guess he would probably be questionable – um or maybe he's out i'm not sure but right for, to keep an eye on for
0: gonzaga all right so gonzaga in that one as well all right so a lot of college hoops that we'll be talking about uh from here on out heading to the month of march and all of the different matchups love brian uh, edwards and uh and his uh insight all right so ufc you got a ufc underdog for the ufc fans and you write about this on MajorWager.com. give me more real quick
3: yeah, well, so I don't have a dog, but I have a short favorite. It's not much of a chalk. A, a minus 125 price for Derek the Black Beast Lewis to beat Alir Latifi by knockout. Uh, Alir Latifi has lost back-to-back fights in the light heavyweight division, and he's moving up to heavyweight. And Derek Lewis has lost a lot of weight. He's gotten a nutritionist. And he's been bitching about how he hasn't been eating cheeseburgers and French fries anymore, and that's always a good thing. And I think we'll see another good effort. We've seen him once since he got the nutritionist; he looked great, and he got a W. So I think we'll see a minus one twenty-five to get a knockout. I think we can count on the Black Beast. Now the big dog is Dominic Reyes against John Jones, who has never lost. Um, but I think Jones is in for a tough fight. Now I'm not like you know screaming at your audience to yeah, get on Reyes, get on Reyes, but. Maybe an itty bitty small taste. I think Jones is gonna gonna have to really have a, a. I think he's in for a dogfight, and he hasn't had many of those in his
0: career. All right. So again, UFC as well. Uh, here is the college hoops and everything else that's going on. Plug away because you do a great job with the information, the trends, the injuries. Tell them where they can find your stuff, Brian Edwards.
3: Yeah, you can uh, check me out on Twitter. Uh, the handle is at Vegas. Edwards and also the Twitter handle for Major Wager is at Major Wager Uno and then the Twitter handle for uh, Vegas Insider is at Twit, TWITVI and uh, check out my work at uh, Brian Edwards Sports Majorwager.com and VegasInsider.com. And uh, thanks as always for having me,
0: Keith. Yeah, he's a great social media follow at Vegas B Edwards and also Major Wager Uno, like the number one. Great information on injuries, last minute stuff, trends, spreads. He's constantly pumping out the content socially. You can go to MajorWager.com and read the articles and that kind of thing. Always love the help. My friend, enjoy the hoops, enjoy the UFC. We'll march on towards March. Thank you, Brian Edwards.
3: Thank you, brother. Have a great weekend, man.
0: And that will do it here for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. My thanks again to all of our guests. Sean Green, all the way back at the beginning of the show, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Again, if you're just finding the show for the first time, thank you for doing so through the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. If you found us there, or whether you found us through a social media link on Spreaker.com, or you can subscribe, obviously, to the podcast as well. Maybe you were traipsing through and found us on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, iTunes. Subscribe away. However you found the show, it comes the easiest to you if you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Go look and find Three Dog Thursday. But again, uh, Sean and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network uh, have done a fantastic thing in letting us hook up with them as part of SportsGamblingPodcast.com and the network feed of their podcast of shows. My thanks also to Jerry Palm of CBS giving us some insight into the bracket. Watch Jerry this weekend on On CBS, on the network and their coverage on Saturday of college basketball. You'll see him live on the set uh, there with Greg Gumbel and Seth Davis and Clark Kellogg talking NCAA tournament in the bracket. Uh, it will be at least a preview, a peek from the selection committee on Saturday. So Jerry does a great job. JPP Palm seventy uh, CBS. JP Palm CBS is his Twitter handle to follow him. He's a great follow on Twitter with the insight there. My friend Joe Lisi, who again doesn't do the social media thing uh, from parts unknown, tremendous stories. I love talking to him about hitting the big uh, teasers, the big parlay cards uh, for college football, the NFL, and now even for college. Basketball. How about that? An eight team. How many of you had an eight team parlay involving only winners? Not with the spread, not monkeying around with the line up or down on a mega tease like what Joe was talking about. He picked eight outright winners on a parlay card late last Saturday night in Vegas at a Vegas sportsbook. Not just sitting at home on the couch, farting around on an app or on the computer. He was out in a sports book and knocked this out in person prior to Super Bowl 54. So I love Joe Lisi and his stories. I thank him for being a guest here on the podcast. And Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com. Follow him again at Edwards. For the insight, Brian and I were going over a couple of Saturday underdogs. Again, I was saying be careful about St. Mary's. Again, we don't know at the time that we're publicizing the show here. We believe St. Mary's going to be something like a two- or three-point underdog, at least to Gonzaga, maybe more. They might win that game Saturday night uh, for Three Dog Thursday purposes. I'll take the Gales of St. Mary's. I'm kind of I'm going both west. I'm going west coast as well on Thursday night, depending on when you're hearing us, and you may already know this result. But I I really like USC uh, at Arizona on Thursday night in Pac-12 play. USC's won five of their last seven games. I know they took a bad loss to Colorado at home, but I think they may have something and may surprise an Arizona team that's won four of its last five, yes. uh, They were very impressive in the two uh, road victories against the Washington teams, uh, the Huskies and Wazoo. But I, I think that USC, with the 10 or 11 points, depending on where the line is, on Thursday night may be able to hang with Arizona. So I'll go with a couple of West Coast uh, underdogs for Three Dog Thursday purposes and see what they can do. And again, we're marching towards March here on this program. Can't wait for all the college hoops of Championship Week and the NCAA Tournament. Tons of guests, handicappers, and insight on Three Dog Thursday as we roll along. That's going to do it for this uh, this edition, this first February edition, 2020, of Three Dog Thursday. I'm merely T.J. Reeves. Thank you for being with me. Again, subscribe away to the podcast. Wherever you find podcasts, it comes automatically to you. We're back next week with the only digital radio show that's devoted exclusively to underdogs. It is Three Dog Thursday. Bye.